Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Rome Business Radio. This is the Hardy Realty Show, and we are broadcasting from the Hardy Realty Studios inside the Manus Business Center, located at the corner of Broad Street and Turner McCall. And we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. I'm Roger Manus with Rome Business Radio, and our representative from Hardy Realty on this month's show is Brooke Brinson. Hi, Brooke. Hey there. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. How's life at Hardy Realty? Busy. In a good way, though. Very, very uh, good way. It's uh, been a great year, probably my best year ever, and uh, we're excited about what's happening in the real estate world. Well, just to get things off on a, on a comic note here, you say your best year ever. Give me dollars. Talk to me. Oh. <laughs> Let's don't do that. <laughs> I told you we'd get started with a laugh because I knew he wouldn't do it. Uh, our guest on the Hardy Realty Show, uh, even though they are our very generous sponsor and they sponsor the studio here, we use this platform for them with their brand to celebrate the good things going on in our community. So we're thankful to them for that. Uh, and your boss over there, Jimmy Byers, and the rest of the folks, Chris Kerr, Michelle Reichert, et cetera, that handle your marketing. Very appreciative of them and what they do for the community. And this show is an extension of that. And with, with that in mind, we have Andy Beyer from the Chiaha Harvest. I, I mispronounced that. Hi, Andy. <laughs> Hi, Roger. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. And we have, uh, we have Allie Mitchell with United Way. Hello, Allie. Hello. Allie and Andy. I'm probably going to screw those up today because, like I said, it sounds like a, a TV sitcom. Allie and Andy or, you know, a cop show. Uh, Allie and Andy, NBC Fridays. Uh, so thanks for coming. So Allie, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about, uh, the United way, your work, what you guys do in the community and some, some recent news maybe. Um, so I think the most important thing for us is our phone number seven is zero six, six, two, two, one, nine, nine, zero. If you need assistance or have someone walk into your business needing assistance, you need to refer someone to any nonprofit service in this community. That's the one and only number you have to call. Um, we have a community resource navigator, which is a new position for us. Um, and it's actually newly held by Taylor Ritchie. We're super excited about having her. Um, but you're going to get a human who's going to answer the phone and be able to talk to you or the individual that you're trying to assist about resources and kind of go a little deeper. Maybe you need rent money right now, but what's behind that and how do we focus on prevention? So we want United Way wants to focus on stopping people from needing things before they actually need them. So we want to get involved and prevent. Well, and another interesting thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, United Way is a big umbrella. It does a lot of things for a lot of other organizations. Is that kind of... Am I saying that correctly? Yes. Yeah. You, you work with so many organizations we that do. you're kind of the first place to go. Um, well, we want to offer that as a service to our nonprofit partners because they're head down in mission and they should be. We want them to be able to focus on what they do best and also to our community and our donors so that you don't have to stand in your you know parking lot at work and not know what to do or how to help someone. You now have a single phone number that you can call. Okay. Uh, Andy, just quickly from, from you as we get going here, tell us a little bit about the Harvest Fair. The day, it's coming up soon. It is. It's uh, October 23rd and 24th. And we're actually going to be at the Coosa Valley Fairgrounds this year for the first time. And we're super excited about that. Uh, Chia has been going on since 1964. Wow. Um, I've been director or co-director since 1991. It's actually been, that's been around since before I've been around. Me too. <laughs> um, so why the move to the Coosa Valley Fair? Well, um, Fairgrounds. Ridge Ferry Park, uh, one big reason, if you drive by Ridge Ferry Park to see where the pipeline went through, um, pretty much all the parking is gone in that park. So 
Um, the Exchange Club was nice enough to offer us the Coosa Valley Fairgrounds, and we think we can make a wonderful festival over there, and we're looking forward to it. And uh, you mentioned the dates, October 23rd, 24th. Mm-hmm. So this is, for those listening that may not be familiar, we're talking arts and crafts. We're talking music, food, things like that, right? Oh, definitely. And uh, we also had the free hot apple cider, which Hardy Realty is sponsoring this year for us. So, <laughs> All roads lead back to Hardy. Right. And we're also, we're a 501c3. Uh, We do raise money. We offer um, many grants to all the local schools and art teachers for special projects they would want to do. And also, if they just need uh, a piece of equipment, we've bought a kiln for Rome High. We've done things uh, like that in the past. Display cases at Model um, for the art there. So that's what we're doing. So you mentioned you've been in charge of this thing since the, what you said, early 90s? Since 1991, and I forget what year, but Monica Shepard came on as co-director, so okay. we do it together. So obviously a labor of love, uh, but what what first connected you to it? Uh, what first connected when I had uh, when I first moved to Rome in the mid 80s, um, we came here with uh, Ira and Libby Levy when they first moved here, and we relocated because of them. And at the time, the Walkstetters. Buzz and Paula were really good friends with Ira and Libby, and I heard they were wanting a, a new director for the Chiaha. And I just, if I'm a part of the community, I jump in with both feet. So that was the big jumping point for me as I went to Buzz and said, please let me organize this. And that board was so welcoming. The community was. I just fell in love with the whole idea of it and putting it on. And for me, arts has always been the center of my life. And so it's worked out. Yeah. Um, and projects of passion. Uh, we, we stumble across a lot of those here. Allie, what is your connection? How did you get started with the United Way? Oh, um, well, the United Way really needed an update, I think. And so uh, the board reached out to me. I was actually with Red Cross in Western North Carolina and said, hey, we'd like to talk. And so I came back over Thanksgiving and... Um, the rest is history. I started January 2019, and we sort of gutted and overhauled the organization and made it really a, a service, um, community-led, um, community-based, solution-focused organization. So you're back. You were working Red Cross. Your background was already nonprofit, and yeah, I was actually at the Davy Shelter for okay. about ten years, and then went to Red Cross. Um, so, so you, are you from Rome originally? Uh-huh. Okay, and then you went to North Carolina to work. I did, and then I came home. Uh, and yeah, the Davy shelter has been on the show before as well. Yeah. So, um, and so how does, how is Brooke involved? Brooke, how are you involved? <laughs> I'm a board member and, um, I came on towards the end of, uh, before Allie got there and, uh, I've been involved ever since. And what attracted you to be on the board of the United Way? Well, a good friend of mine, Patrick Edson called me and he said, um, don't you want to get involved in giving back to the community? And, of course, I said yes. You can't really say no to that. That's pretty brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the things we were joking about before the podcast is I like calling this a cocktail party without the cocktails, and apparently that was a problem for y'all. <laughs> I was kind of wondering where our cocktails were, yes. We, ha- we have provided complimentary bottles of water for you, but um, so if, if we go Not down— Not even a close second. <laughs> I'll be the DD. <laughs> um, so, so, Andy, when, you, when you're— Obviously, the Chiaha has been around so long. 
you know, people probably are familiar with the brand, but how do you market that? How do you get the word out? Or is it social media? Is it podcasting? Is it uh, whatever you can do whenever you can do it? Well, I think um, fortunately for us, Chiaha has been an institution. There's so many people and families in Rome that have grown up with it. I mean, I have friends who will tell me, I came to my first Chiaha in a stroller, and now they're bringing their grandkids. Um, so there is that. And then we do use social media, Facebook, we have a website, and we do billboards, um, some of the magazines, the tour magazines, and things like that. Yeah, I clicked around your website a little bit. Uh, just let's kind of get into some details. There's there's stuff for kids. Yes, we always have kids' activities. We're big on um, make-and-take activities. Uh, it's going to change a little bit this year because of obviously the certain circumstances of the year as far as having as much hands-on things, but there still will be a lot for kids to do. Um, we like them to um, do some art and be able to take it home. Oh, yeah. And, and what kind of food and stuff will be oh, there? Oh, my gosh. This is like, you need to like not eat for a week before you come to Chia House <laughs> so you can just indulge in everything there is. But it's the funnel cakes and cotton candy and fudge. But then we're going to have, you know, there's burb Burgers and barbecue, um, making take or the takeaway tacos. You know where you can kind of like handhold those. Um, wow, I'm hungry already. Yes, there's there's something for everybody in the food court. So so I'm just picturing this. There's there's the smell of food in the air and and music. Yes, we have great music. Uh, music plays from the time we open at 10 a.m. until 5 p.m. when we close and. Um, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, there's a certain sound to the music that you know you're at Chiaha when it's playing. It's a lot of local people, but it's kind of that laid back, folky. take it easy. Folky. Folky, kind. yeah. They probably might not appreciate us saying it's folky, but I do understand. I don't, musicians. Um, Russell McClanahan is our music director, so he arranges all of that. Uh, just small town Harvest Festival. There you go. Uh, so um, you're in a different situation because United Way is such a huge brand. How do you localize that? We are 100% local. <laughs> and and by that, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean market, a, lot marketing. Of, a lot of people don't know that we are our own 501c3. Every single United Way is its individual own, owned by the community. It works much like Boys and Girls Club and others who – have an affiliation with a national brand, which gets us national partnerships. Um, and that's money we don't have to work for, really, that is managed at the national level. But all of the decisions, we have a governing board, um, which means if you don't like something, blame it on Brooke. Um, <laughs> that's, just, people just, usually do. Just with your organization or in life that's in why general? You were asked yeah, if you are unhappy today, Brooke Brinson is your man. <laughs> I'll give you my number later. Um, but our local board makes all of the decisions. Um, and I have an amazing, amazing team. I'm a very lucky human. Um, so everything that we do is based on Roman Floyd County, emphasis on Floyd County, because I think in the past, United Way has been a little bit known for being Rome, right inside the city. And what we know is that individuals who have the most need have the least access. And that means we look out at the county because transportation is huge, right? So um, we did an overall community investment plan that's a total of $640,000 for the next two years. Um, and that means that the agencies included in that can count on that for two years, not just one. They didn't have to go through an application process. 
Um, and we actually held a year and a half worth of listening sessions and research. And the, and the goal of that was to identify the services that are available, identify the gaps, and then plug nonprofits into those gaps and also create pilots if one didn't exist. So our entire mission is prevention by way of creating a continuum of care. You hear about that in healthcare. You hear about that with you know housing authority, different things. But we we don't want our nonprofit partners, you know, if you're a shelter, you're sheltering. If you're um, community kitchen, you're feeding and you're doing an amazing job of that. But if no one is able to put the pieces together and make sure that all of our nonprofits are able to um, communicate and rely on each other, that we can jump in and support where they don't have things that they need um, and help to communicate their missions, then people fall through the cracks. And what what non nonprofits are you attached to? Or is the list too long for? No, well, there are a lot this year. Um, <laughs> let's see. I would imagine the list is very long. Uh, Exchange Club Family Resource Center, uh, YMCA, Open Door Home. Um, we are actually sponsoring uh, PFLAG, which is a new group for LGBTQ plus community. Um, that we actually know that uh, youth who are um, either coming out to their families or or newly becoming acquainted with um, themselves are more prone to become homeless, and it's something like thirty five percent, I think, oh, wow. of um, LGBTQ youth become homeless the day that they um, publicly announce that. And so, being in prevention. That's a big deal. And so what, what PFLAG does is wrap support and services around the friends and family of those individuals and those individuals, right, so that um, parents can understand and, you know, family members can understand, um, and also those individuals have support and people they can rely on. Yeah, it's just um, the United Way just touches everything, mm-hmm. um, just we- touch. We also started a new um, housing access fund, which is a brand new thing for us, uh, and it is $60,000, and we've reached out to our local shelter partners, so uh, Davy Shelter, Salvation Army, um, Hospitality House, and Living Proof, uh, which is uh, recovery. Um, they will be helping to identify how that fund is used in the community, where it's most uh, needed. Some of those have been on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're eventually going to get everybody in town on the podcast. That's yeah. the goal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we support Boys and Girls Club, um, Bagwell Food Pantry, Summit Quest, Community Kitchen, Hope's House, a lot. Cancer Navigators. <laughs> Cancer Navigators, Summit Quest. We love William James. They're amazing. Um, so I want to come back around to funding in a minute, but mm-hmm. uh, Andy, are at the Harvest Fair, you sell tickets. We do. But in corporate sponsorships, how, how are you funded? We are funded through the tickets, the booth fees um, that the artists and food people pay. And then, like I said, the gate sales as people come in. And then any sponsorships that we pick up from corporations or businesses in the community. Like Hardy? Like Hardy Realty. Uh, any others you want to mention? We have uh, T-Mobile came on this year in a couple of different ways. And then we have a couple anonymous Okay. Uh, what is the, what's the ticket price? Uh, the ticket price is $5 for adults and then $4 for students, seniors, um, $1 for kids 12 and under, but and under two is free. And uh, are there any booths still available? And if so, what are the booth prices? The booths are not available. We are full at this point. Full. Wow. <laughs> right. Well, at this point, we also have printed materials and things that need to be done and another 
challenge of 2020 and 2021 is you need to do everything more ahead of time than you used to. Um, you, I can't just run over and have something done, you know, in a day. Yeah. So it takes a little longer. And it was interesting listening to Allie talk about um, the different groups and things that y'all partner with or help with. And at Chiaha, we do have a special category that's called special exhibitors. And they are local nonprofit groups that we have that come in, and a couple of them are on your list. And they have booths there to dispense information, maybe sell something as a fundraiser. But we, we allow that. And uh, that's part of our way to give back to the community as well, in addition to the grants we do for the schools. Are most of the booths like interactive or is it, is it, is it art to look at? Is it, you mentioned the kids can do the stuff mm-hmm. that they can take home, but, but what are most of the booths like? Well, most of the booths are artists. They're people who are earning a living um, by producing their art and sell it. We do require that all the art that is there is produced by the, the person who's renting the booth or paying for the booth. So, and then uh, we do have a special category, another special category, which are demonstrating artists. And then what we love about that is people can actually see how does, how is glass blown? Oh you know, yeah. How does a potter's wheel work? Um, we've got a, people that knit and crochet so they can sit. And what it is, it'll be a learning experience for fair goers. Um, they may learn a, a new craft or a hobby while they're there as well. I remember seeing a glass blower as a kid. It was probably at Chia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. If you've never seen it, it's, that's worth going to see. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you guys funded at United Way? Uh, we're very lucky through our brand, and, and people always wonder um, what that costs us. 1% of all the money that comes through United Way to our partners, to our special programs, to our housing access fund, um, only 1% of that do we pay to National for our brand, uh, which is a really sweet deal for this community. Um, if Roman Floyd County didn't have a United Way, all of the national funding, which is a couple hundred thousand dollars that just comes to us because we're United Way, would actually go through Dalton, um, United Way of Northwest Georgia. And so oh. it's one of the reasons that it's really important that people support our local United Way because all of our local nonprofits are also our friends. They live here. They work here. They play here. You know, um, They're able to call us, and we have ongoing relationships with them, and we can cater to their needs, and they can understand the plan that we're doing. They don't have to compete with all of Northwest Georgia for this money that comes in. So it's a really big perk. Um, but we do get money from national partners. We um, have a, a number of those in the community, Kellogg, Kroger, Publix. Uh, International Paper is a wonderful partner. Um, and then we have some business partnerships. We are really this year working on communicating what we do to individuals who have a particular passion for housing, um, uh, child care, some of the different things that we are focusing specifically on to get individuals more engaged with United Way as well. Because historically, United Way has been more of a workplace campaign kind of organization. Um, and that is changing and our program is changing. So. Well, it's interesting. Have you you might have mentioned this in the show before, and if I missed it, I apologize. When did the, when did the Rome branch of united way begin i think it was 1961 okay so you, you but you mentioned how fortunate we are to have one otherwise we'd be at war with dalton that's right well I, I unfortunately th- yes <laughs> I, th- I think we can take them brooke yeah me too <laughs> it's, it's all of northwest georgia they're a very yeah. big united way and yeah. they do wonderful work yeah you know? oh yeah um, you have to say the politically correct well, thing, i mean it too <laughs> I, I really mean it but when it comes to the value of a local united way sure yeah that's what i'm getting that's the that point i'm getting we live to. here that 
that I call Stephanie and Scott at YMCA that I'm friends with, you know, we're all in the same groups together. This is our community. And so we've done the work to have all the conversations to identify with individuals who need services, individuals who are providing services, what do downtown business owners, what are their concerns? What is our city and county concerned with? And we smushed all that together into one community plan. And then we went from the solution perspective. Instead of saying nonprofits come out, compete with each other, right? Fight for funding against each other. We said, okay, here's the community perspective. And here's where we think your role is. Let's talk about it. And that was a negotiation between us and those organizations. Um, and we attached funding to that. But we started with solutions because we'd already identified the problems. And that's a very different way to approach it. And how has Brooke been as a board member? I think Brooke is a great <laughs> board member. I'm glad he has had such a very, very good year. He is going to be a really, really great board member soon. <laughs> give him the link to our donate page. <laughs> and the other thing that I would say is our website it, it really has all of the information you could possibly want to know. We don't have any secrets. Transparency is our highest priority. Um, and that's deliberate because we know that United Way has changed a good deal over um, a number of years. Every organization who's been around that long has. So um, any questions can be answered there or, or call us directly. Well, it's just fascinating because it is a national brand, but it is so local. It's uh, 100% local. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's the difference of 1%. And again, we're basically trading – $8,000 for the year for hundreds of thousands of dollars that goes to our community. So yeah, there's not a better decision. We it's a no brainer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, I was, I was teasing Brooke before the show. He, he was saying, well, I'm on the board, but I'm not, I'm not the best board member. <laughs> and, and I chimed in. Yeah, well, you're the worst. No. <laughs> <laughs> And also, that is definitely not true. We have been through a lot of changes over the past couple years, and our board has been amazing in hanging in there, supporting and sticking it out. It's hard to be engaged when we're actually building it as we fly it. So our board members are a lot more engaged. We had, I think, 100% participation at our last meeting. I mean, that's pretty darn good for a board. Yeah. How, how large is the board? Uh, we are 14 people right okay. now. Um, uh, I want to ask both of you. How did COVID affect last year? Refresh my memory at Chiaha. Uh, we didn't have it. We didn't Chiaha. have it. That's why that's why it's I need my memory impact. refreshed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it so it's interesting when you have to cancel your main fundraiser. In fact, your only fundraiser, but you have these ongoing expenses. Um, so that's been a challenge. So how have you worked through it just like everybody else has as best you can? Poking a prayer. Yep. Yeah. And um, so all the more reason for folks to get motivated and get excited and come out this year. Well, we're just excited to have the community out again. Um, so many people have so many fond memories of Chiaha. It's just a, it's a great place. There's people that I never see all year. Like, I don't even run into them at the grocery store, but I'm going to see them at Chiaha, and we're going to catch up and, and have a great time. Um, it's your one place to get kettle corn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's uh, a lot of people are like, whoa, I don't want to miss Chiaha because I got to get my kettle corn. So we, we have a couple that actually does a circuit. They come down from Wisconsin. They are amazing. Um, they go to shrimp festival, after, uh, peanut festival after they leave Chiaha, but, um, and it freezes. So I can attest oh, to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, we take bags of it home and it, you can pull it out in January and it's just like you were just there at Chiaha. Oh, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, how did COVID affect you guys? And did, did, was fundraising hit? Was 
Yes. What you were able to, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we, we were not. <laughs> she doesn't even let me finish the question. <laughs> we were not able to go out, just like our, our nonprofit I think, partners. I, think, I don't think this is water. <laughs> I, think the, I think the cocktail party has become a cocktail party. I, I, I'm teasing. <laughs> we were not able to go out and actually talk about all of the work that, you know, we made a lot of changes in 2019. And then we decided what we needed to do was shut up and prove it. Right, because we had theories, and we wanted to do the work, and we did. We we took a year and a half to do the work, and we trusted our partners who um, continued to support us and saw the vision. And now we would like to go talk about that. We couldn't do that last year, but I will also say, and I don't want to say anything nice about COVID, but you learn a lot in in crises, and you learn a lot sure. in, in pandemic. And um, we really, really found our place. I think in the community, COVID really helped. The situation helped to identify United Way is the only nonprofit in this community that has the bandwidth and and is a perfect fit for reaching out to support in every direction. We supported emergency management. We supported um, hospitals. We supported our police departments. We supported city and county governments. We were an information hub, and we actually ran and coordinated. Uh, community calls that connected all of our nonprofit partners and representatives from city emergency management, various different agencies, so that we um, created a spreadsheet. We identified what are the needs, what's going on up to the minute. And at first they were every week and then they were every two weeks and then it was every month. But we created a report that we sent out to everybody and we tracked the needs so that it wasn't in the middle of a crisis. All of our nonprofit partners are just kind of screaming into the wind um, we're capturing the needs that they have. We're capturing the needs that EMT has, um, emergency management has, and we're following up on those. And then we would produce that in a report, who's doing what, and we would f- we would make sure that there was um, a solution attached. And that's where we ended up finding our stride. We want to attach the solutions. We can we have to have shelter. We have to have food. We have to have pantries. The thing is, if we only have those emergency responses, we're only ever in crisis. So United Way said, wait a minute, we want to be in prevention. And so we work everything up to the point that a person becomes homeless, we want to help with. And we get involved with and we invest in. Fantastic. Brooke, any final thoughts? No. I, um, well, just to the fact that it's uh, it's been amazing to see what Allie has been able to do uh, to do, excuse me, be able to do. It's the water. It is this water. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, public I, spring water. I, I, I joke that it's. A, it's I, I joke to our listeners that this is a cocktail party without the cocktails because we just talk and we get to know each other. But I don't know what's in this water. But go ahead, Brooke. Well, it's just great to see the the progress that has been made and um, the, with the one number. I think it's huge. You know, anything anybody needs can call the one number, and then also about. The Chiaha Fair, I'm excited about that. You know, um, I am going to take my kids out there and get some kettle corn and and, uh, and some apple cider. Yes. We're one of those families that actually defines when we last saw people based on Chiaha. It happened last week. So when I saw your name, I was like, we were just talking. And I was like, no, we haven't seen him since Chiaha a couple of years ago. So, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Love yes. it. Thank you for the work that you do. Sure. Thank you. And I'm super excited. I can't wait for Chiaha to be here. It's my favorite time of year. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, you mentioned you, that you made reference to time and because of the the festival. Uh, I have always been fascinated when I ask somebody in Rome, "Where are you located?" They always do it in relation to a restaurant, <laughs> like, "Oh, we're across from yes. this," or you know, small towns where you can, oh yeah, the, our life revolves around when the Chiaha happens or when the Coosa Valley Fair happens, what have you. So. Anyway, I digress. Can we get some final contact information? Just kind of review again. Let's start with the Chiaha, the dates, website, Facebook, how people can learn more. 
All right. The dates are October 23rd and 24th at the Coosa Valley Fairgrounds. Um, it's 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. both days. Uh, I'll give you a pro tip. Sunday morning's pretty calm, so if you really want to come and shop and speak with artists and get to know them, that Sunday morning from 10 to noon is a good time to be there. It's uh, extremely slammed afternoon. Um, plan to get your meals there. Plan to come and sit and listen to music. Bring your kids. Uh, I should mention we are allowing dogs again this year. Okay. So that's a that's a first. So yay, we're super excited, <laughs> and we we've we've been working with Paws. Um, so we will have also, you know, something on site to educate people about dogs. But unruly dogs will not be welcome. But well behaved and unleashed dogs. Uh, we have a website. It's www.chiaha.org. And we have a Facebook page. I think we have 6,000-something followers Good. on the page. And so, um, like us on Facebook, we'll give you all the latest updates there as well. And I want to say thanks for having me on. And thank you, Allie. I learned a lot more about United Way than I had known. So hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've got a great takeaway from this as well. Yeah, we, we love creating connections in the room. Regarding bringing, bringing dogs to the Chiaha, uh, my rescue dog, Rowdy, and I thank you. Uh, Rowdy lives up to his name playfully, but he's well-behaved. So uh, we'll be out there. Um, And let's get the one phone number again for United Way here, Allie. And anything else, uh, website or social media, how can people donate, get more involved? Yeah. If you have a need or someone approaches you about a need, the really easy answer is 706-622-1990. We're going to be working to push that out more. Um, We just established the, the line so that it's actually workable that way. The very first option is our community resource navigator. She's fantastic. Um, and she actually is the one who manages the resource directory, which is the other important um, thing that we offer the public. So on our website, which has tons of information, uwrome.org, uh, we have a resource directory. And it's basically needs listed by category, name of the organization, and the phone number. If you don't want to call and talk to somebody, you can access that 24 hours a day. So that if you need clothing, if you need food, if you need shelter, the resources available to you are there with the numbers. Um, and we are constantly updating that information. It's it's getting a major overhaul right now. There's also an engagement guide, which is a really cool tool thing, a cool thing that we do um, for individuals looking to come to the community, individuals in the community who want to get involved. It talks about resources available. Every organization gets their own page. It has live links. You can click out to the page. Uh, but it also has fun things about like engagement. Optimist Club is in there. Rotary's in there. Ways to get involved. Um, and the last thing we've added to that is a volunteer match. So if you are looking to volunteer or have volunteer opportunities, uh, we are partnering with Just Serve. And there's a link to that on our website. And we can help you navigate that. Uh, we also have a donate page, and we would love to have your support. Uh, that supports our organizations and also the new pilot programs we're doing. One is an eviction mediation program um, and the Housing Access Fund, again, all focused on prevention. If we can keep people where they are until Brooke and friends and city sort the, the housing issues we've got going, um, we want to help keep people where they are. We want to support our landlords and property owners because they are also victims in everything that's been going on, and we want to make sure that they feel supported and heard. So. Well, Things are in the works. Yes, lots. Things are in the works. Uh, well, Brooke, if somebody does want to buy or sell a house, how can they reach out to you? Well, you can go uh, to my website, brookbrenson.com, or you can give me a call, 706-409-3838. Those, those, those realtors, they always throw that cell number out there. 
Absolutely. Brooke, Brooke sold me a house and sold my house, so I can vouch for him. He's he's the real deal. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Did you have to pay her for that? Not, not yet. He, he did have to, he did have to spend later day today driving me around Rome trying to find housing when I agreed to come back and take my job, though. So, yeah, he was kind enough to help me with that. Well, good. We looked at some humdingers, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I guess that's always the case. Well, th- thanks, everybody, for joining us. This was a great show. I appreciate it. Um, You've been listening to Rome Business Radio. This is the Hardy Realty Show, where we broadcast from the Hardy Realty Studios. We work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. Thank you so much for listening.